Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table close to Jesus, so Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out. And it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We continue with the responsory before a brief reflection. Into your hands, O oh Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. 
I wonder what it's like to have Satan enter into you. What is it like to have the one who deceived Adam and Eve in the very beginning and who has been the deceiver since the beginning of the world suddenly become part and parcel of who you are? The word Satan is an old Semitic word, shaitan in Hebrew, very similar in Arabic, and it literally means the accuser, the opponent, the one who stands up against you in court and lays the blame at your feet. Now, that's not how we often think of Satan, but really what his role has been ever since he fell from God's grace. He was the opponent to God and the opponent to God's creation. And there are three things that Satan loves to do. The first is that he twists God's promises. Did God really say the very first thing out of Satan's mouth in that garden? Did God really say that if you ate of this fruit, you would die? Is it not just possible that God is worried that you will become like him? The second thing that Satan does is accuse us of our sins, reminds us who we are. What kind of a dad would do that thing? You really think you're a good worker? How can you believe that thing? Look what you did last week. That's Satan. It's what he loves to do. Look at your servant Job is the best example of that in the Bible, where Satan stands in the heavenly courts and goes before God and says, you know that Job is only following you because you have blessed him with earthly possessions. Take those away from him. Take his family away from him. Take his health away from him, and he will turn and curse you to your face. And the third thing that Satan does is stands against God's will. And if we remember that third thing, we know that Judas is not the first person in the Gospels who is close to Jesus that Satan has entered into. In Matthew chapter 16, we have the disciples gathered around Jesus, and Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? What is your confession of faith? And of course, Peter, being the rock and the representative of the twelve, is the first to stand up and says, you you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. To which Jesus commends him. But it is only a few verses later that Jesus announces that if he is indeed the Christ, then he must suffer and die for the sins of the world and for the people, that Peter suddenly turns around and says, no, Lord, far be it from you. And Jesus has to turn to the rock and tell him to get behind me, Shaitan. Get behind me, Satan. Judas was not the only one who knew what it was like to have Satan enter into him. Peter knew it too. To have Satan enter into us is to be reluctant to forgive others their sins, even reluctant to forgive ourselves. It is to say that we cannot do or will not do for us or for others what God in Jesus Christ has done for us. It's precisely the reason why the Lord's Prayer is so different from Satan's. We pray, forgive us our trespasses as we also forgive those who trespass against us. Satan's Prayer is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You hit me, I hit you back three times. Because Satan is the deceiver, the accuser, and the one who takes away God's promises. 
Now, Jesus's crucifixion, as gruesome as it was and as horrific, might have been one of the shorter ones in history. Crucifixion could often drag on for one, two, sometimes even as long as three days. It's the reason why the guards went ahead and broke the legs of the people crucified with Jesus to get them down from their crosses before the great Passover began. What Jesus was about to do, he did quickly. Because the time had come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And the glory of God is not to go and trample and smite and destroy. That's what Shaitan does. The glory of God is to take our sins into himself that we might be forgiven. And now, like that dishonest steward that everyone's confused about in the parables of Jesus, Jesus sits down quickly, cuts our bills, says, you owe God what? Now you owe nothing. Go and sign your name. And then asks us to turn around and go out and do the same for others. What you owe me, I now write off. I owe you nothing but love. For that is what Christ did for me on the cross. And so our prayer for Holy Week is that Satan would be cast out. Cast out of the world, cast out of our conversations, cast out even of our own temptations and minds and hearts. And that in his place, the Holy Spirit might continue to dwell, that what we do in forgiving others, we might do and do it quickly. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.